Welcome back. Probably the whole thing. Whoa, Kelly's jumping in. <laughs> this week, for our whole holiday wrap-up, uh, Kaylee's going to do different things than ever before. <laughs> new year, new me. You're taking my job. This is my whole thing. <laughs> so, this episode, we're going to be talking about... What? Hey, last year we had beer. Yeah, this <laughs> year... we just have cups of water. We have water in beer glasses. Yeah, this year, aging. <laughs> <laughs> It's important to, like, you know, take breaks. <laughs> take breaks. We're not going to take a break <laughs> from all the content coming out. Um, instead, uh, we're going to be rehashing all the content that already did come out. Yep. Look, it's, you know, review, 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 and you'll score better on the test. Yeah, which there is one coming out. Yeah, that's our 2020 goal is yeah. test everyone that listens. <laughs> uh, so we're going to be talking about India. <clears throat> we're going to be talking about Canada. Mm-hmm. We're going to talk about Belarus. Belarus. Guatemala. Guatemala. Uh, of course, a little science news. A little bit of science news. We're going to talk about black holes again. Everybody's favorite. Yeah. Antonio uh, Gutierrez is somewhere in the world. We'll find out later. <laughs> and then two huge topics that we didn't cover this year. Yes. We're going to be talking about... Nigeria. And we're going to be talking about European Union elections. Yes. Um, so hopefully that won't take three or four hours. And <laughs> we can run through it quickly. <laughs> they're small topics uh what does it matter we didn't cover them for a reason obviously they're small topics between between two of the three things that i'm talking about it covers i think 1.4 billion people represented <laughs> yes uh, yeah you can debate with us whether or not you think it was a major oversight or totally valid <laughs> <laughs> okay so without further ado yeah um let's jump right into it uh, do you want to... Let's do Canada first. Yeah, I think that's easy. We can knock that out. Yeah. I don't even... Do you think the majority of our viewers are Canadian? <laughs> do you think the majority of viewers are us? Because I'm sitting here right now and I'm looking yeah. over at Kelly's laptop. She's got a sticker, probably politics, on it. And then also a sticker on the back, probably politics. And also her background that I can see is a little corner of the probably politics logo. <laughs> Look, I... I'm committing to branding mostly on my laptop. Hey, you know what? That's good. That's good yeah. stuff. Okay, so the Canadian election. Mm -hmm. um, we didn't really talk about the Canadian election, right? We had uh, that. Yeah. We had like the platforms thing. Yeah, but we didn't. We didn't do a traditional. No, and it, yeah, treatment. somewhat of an assumption that most of our listeners were from Canada. Yeah, but then we looked at our Spotify, and maybe they're all from the UK. Yeah, we're, our Brexit episode actually did pretty well. That's yeah. not Brexit, the UK episode. Our yeah. two other Brexit. To be episodes, clear, so. wasn't about Brexit. <laughs> yeah, I mean, quick year in review. We did, I think, ten elections that we covered. We interviewed three people. Yeah, and we had four explainer episodes. We had seventeen total episodes it was, last year. Yeah, it was a good year. Like we, uh, I think we hit a lot of marks. Um, yeah, really set an ambitious course <laughs> for next year. Yeah. Yes. So if we just do one more of everything. <laughs> um, but the Canadian election, and we could touch on, uh, we we're going to talk about some of our interviews and kind of follow up on some of that stuff. Um, but the Canadian election mm -hmm. ended up with uh, a uh, destruction, mm -hmm. a turning away from Justin Trudeau's liberals. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I think destruction <laughs> might be an overstatement since they are in power, but... <laughs> hey, but their, their minority government 
in Canada? Does that mean they're in power? Or does that mean that they just sit around on their hands for a year and a half and then we do it all again? <laughs> yeah, I, it was certainly a shakeup. Um, and yeah, it was an interesting... The outcome was not entirely shocking. Yeah, after since that election, we've gotten a step down of Elizabeth May. Mm-hmm. We now have an interim leader from the East Coast yeah. of the Green Party. And uh, um, Andrew Scheer mm-hmm. just stepped down as well. Yes, uh, under scandal. Yes, which, uh, he took some yeah. money for his kids' private school. Yeah, from donors, which is like who'd have yeah. thunk Whoa, it? Look at that guy. <laughs> who, who, I mean, look, there were a lot of scandals in that election, and I guess this is an appropriate way for it to close out. Yeah, I saw like the there was one scandal afterwards, or maybe leading up to it. I don't know. There was so much going on, but uh. <laughs> <laughs> uh Something about, like, the Conservative Party paying uh, or taking money from uh, or getting advertising done by, mm. uh, like, an oil lobby yeah, or something. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But it was on, um, it was behind a paywall, the actual thing. So, so I was <laughs> able to find the article only one time through other means <laughs> from, you know, I'd had a quick subscription. I had a quick yeah, trial, yeah, probably. Very... Uh, that must have run out. <laughs> Um, nobody ever was talking about that though. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I no, guess we're not either because it's I so mean, hard to find. Yeah, it, it yeah, it was like it was not a story that really got picked up. I think it was definitely we were in in the Canadian election cycle. I think there was just like so many of these things, and it was like what will stick. Yeah, um, and that one didn't. Yeah, um, so many little scandals. But, yeah, like and like little scandals that you'd hope would matter, but in the scale of it, there were a lot of big scandals. So yeah, but. You know, the, like, even, like, SNC-Lavalin seemed to, like... Mm. It came, I think, a little early. It was its yeah. big issue. Um, and, yeah. you know what, I think I think that <clears throat> the conservative treatment of mm-hmm. liberal scandals in the in, during that election was pretty poor. They were yeah. caught, like, every single time Andrew Scheer had a moment to talk about his own platform, right? And mm-hmm. all the debates, and even most interviews, he would... Pivot to just attacking the liberals mm-hmm. because they didn't really have a lot to talk about of their yeah. own manifesto. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think you got lost in a lot of that because, like, he was just constantly saying like a bunch of stuff that didn't really matter. Yeah, that yeah. the stuff that really did matter kind of like he was the the leader who cried wolf mm-hmm. about how evil and, the liberals were yeah. the whole time. And it also, I think it. It was like eventually you do want to hear like what is it you're gonna do? Yeah. Like um, even if your plan doesn't agree with me, but these scandals didn't maybe directly impact me, then I'm more interested in the plan that'll work for me best. But I think also yeah, it's just eventually it's like how much better the like every time they did the conservatives did this, it was not very hard to find something that the conservatives also did. Yeah. That was like similar like okay, this seems like you know pot kettle situation. <laughs> yeah um that like if if you'd had a more a party that was viewed as more like clean and didn't have their hands dirty and was real competition like the ndp sort of starting to surge at the end like maybe if they could have gotten that earlier yeah you could have gotten somewhere but i think that yeah the conservatives maybe weren't the right people to be taking this uh this advantage or yeah i didn't take it well anyway it seemed disappointing showings i think think across the board mm, yes everyone every party underperformed just, somehow yeah, yeah. <laughs> like the liberals lost their majority which is obviously an underperformance from them uh the conservatives couldn't capitalize on a pretty damaged liberal party mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, at least liberal leadership mm-hmm. uh 
pretty big underperformance. Andrew Shear now stepping down. Yeah. Uh, Jagmeet Singh not being able to really enter the hearts and minds of Canadians, seemingly. Or yeah. up until well, the very end, once yeah. people actually got to hear and yeah. see what he was saying, they seemed to care. But then making that jump from people saying, oh, I'm scared to vote third party, yeah. to actually doing it, to translate that yeah. into a lot of numbers, mm-hmm. never really happened. No. Um, and then the Green Party, I guess, I mean, underperformed as to what their poll totals could have been, it seems yeah. like, um, but uh, did quite well. Yeah, also I mean, having, better than they ever have. Yeah, better than they ever have. <laughs> but I, I just felt like there was, they had, there was like a lot of excitement around the Greens mm-hmm. going into it. Um, and then to only be as historic as they were and not mm-hmm. more so. Yeah, uh, I think there was a couple ways that they could have done better. Yeah. And they didn't. Um, but Jenna Catlin, who we we interviewed uh, during the election cycle, actually getting elected in yeah. uh, Fredericton, she won, and and now Fredericton is a green provincial and federal yeah um, riding, which is is quite interesting. Like it, before she won, no one outside of BC had ever won federally for the Green Party. Yeah. Um, so I mean, like they're like to like the Green Party didn't maybe perform as well as they possibly could, but they did perform quite well. Yeah. Um, and now they're looking at the potential for new leadership and like, so I think all these things, like there's always the chance that it won't build into anything, but there's also a chance that it will, you know, this is the burgeoning of a new movement or. And the momentum could party. carry because yeah. there's quick retool and then mm-hmm. we're going back at this in yeah. uh, 2021. <laughs> yeah. <probably. laughs> and I think very different, like it's an interesting choice for the conservatives to be retooling their leadership right now when they have to be the opposition, but the green party. Yeah. They don't. They can figure that out. I think they have a little more space. Yeah, and I think it was time for Elizabeth May. Mm-hmm. Um, she's done a lot for that party for decades mm-hmm. now, um, but <clears throat> capitalizing on this momentum and not making the entire party just Elizabeth May's party. Yeah, I think it was mm-hmm. smart. Yeah, yeah, it was smart no, moving. It'll forward. be very interesting to watch, and I think I'm sure we'll talk about it again. Yeah. So, Canada done. Done. We're not never again. well maybe in a year (laughs) all right all right we gotta i think we gotta move through these more quickly all right we got uh let's do what do you got guatemala i've got belarus belarus okay uh to have open and i think we can do that kind of quick uh it the election as you you, if you recall it was uh lukashenko is uh, effectively a dictator there Mm -hmm. Um, the outcome that was expected to co- come where parties supporting him won, that is what happened. Mm-hmm. But um, I, I think both of us sort of, after it happened, had a bit of a, oh, shoot, we, we couldn't have seen that coming moment. Mm-hmm. Um, because it had been sort of looking like Lukashenko was going to move his, his country, Belarus, which is, is effectively the... The bridge between Western Europe and Russia, yeah, um, closer to Western Europe, he'd gone to yeah. Austria, and then like a week afterwards, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it, it he's like there. There's a tentative or like there is an agreement between Moscow and Minsk now to merge, um, like a, a much of their economy, yeah, to uh, make together. a new union, yeah, to make, yeah, make a union, uh, and I there's like there's a lot of reasons. Uh, one of the big ones is definitely. Um, Russia really wants that space between mm-hmm. uh, the the rest of Europe and itself, and mm-hmm. also uh, has been sort of retooling their energy and oil uh, processes to make it so it's not economically favorable to Minsk, and uh, which is the 
the capital of Belarus. And um, so they, they're they kind of... He's in a bit of a rock and a hard place. Um, I did notice Which that, one is the rock? Mm, Which one's the hard place? I think maybe... Russia is... <laughs> Russia. And then his own population, who is... The hard place is his own population. I okay. Feel like he feels they're probably a little bit more negotiable um, uh, based on being a dictator. Hmm. But he has, I think, uh, sort of said that he's going to give the president slightly less powers than the Constitution allows for. And he has a big election coming up this year. So chances are we should probably check in again. <laughs> okay. We're going back to Belarus in 2020. Yeah. Um, so I thought that it would be good to do a quick rundown follow-up of the largest election Mm -hmm. in human Mm -hmm. history. Yes. Yeah. (laughs) I agree. (laughs) Uh, with India, Mm -hmm. we're not covering all the elections that we covered this year today. Um, we're leaving out, uh, the UK because we talked about it so much, but Brexit is happening. We're not talking about Hong Kong or the Marshall Islands, Austria, Greece, or Thailand. Um, but. Those elections did go ahead and did happen. Yeah. I mean, I, I, we talked about Austria in September, and they still don't have a yeah. government. Yeah. Not to dwell on it. but <laughs> <laughs> That's all the wrap-up you need there. Uh, but in India, uh, there's an election of the parliament uh, in the Lok Sabha. Um, the election happened in April and May, uh, over seven rounds. It was wild. It was a huge election. <laughs> took like four days to actually count all the votes, but... It takes that long because there was 900 million eligible voters. Which is mammoth. And almost 70% turnout. That's also, yeah, it's crazy. Historical uh, turnout yeah. of women as well in India. <laughs> most most women voting ever. Um, Narendra Modi maintained power. Um, he, was, he has been prime minister there since uh, 2014 uh, with his party, uh, BJP, the uh, Bharatiya Janata Party. Uh, maintaining government with 37% support. So they won 303 seats out of the 543 available, uh, which was pretty much what we predicted. It was predicted by pretty much everybody. They have a huge majority there. Um, Their National Democratic Alliance uh, and like their other parties that they're aligned with won a total of 353 seats out of the 543 available. Um, So it was pretty safe. Earlier, I was looking up the trends, like on Google Trends, mm-hmm. of keyword searches. Mm-hmm. And the list of most searched terms that are related mm-hmm. to politics are dominated by Maharashtra, mm-hmm. Karnataka, and Madhya Pradesh, which are oh. three large districts mm-hmm. in India. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, they're, they show, like, the top 25 words that were searched yeah, or, and key, or phrases that were searched. And it's like Maharashtra election, Maharashtra politics election, Maharashtra news election. Wow. <laughs> uh, just over and over and over again. Because there's just... It's so huge. If you go worldwide, if you go... Because the, the default is US, so if you look this up, it's not going to show up. But if you look yeah. politics worldwide, dominated by the Indian election. Even though I don't think I saw a single headline yeah. in Canadian news Oops. about the most dominant... Yeah, I think that, and I think every time this happens, because I think we also maybe talked about India the last time they had an election. Yeah. I think every time it's like, this is the biggest election. Yeah. Globally. This is the biggest democracy. This is a, they're a the powerhouse world. country. And how do we never hear very much about what is actually happening? There? Yeah. And it was, it was actually an interesting election to talk about because like, we can't really talk about Chinese elections, mm-hmm. um, but largely was seen as a free and fair election, more or less. Um, 
and you know there were actual topics being talked about the the biggest topics in the indian election were rural income for mm-hmm. farmers uh national security and anti-terrorism and the economy and unemployment so yeah. it's like it's actual democracy at just a mega scale and yeah. so i thought we should talk about it again i think people should be talking about it more yeah and I think that the outcome of it, we've seen major impacts of the outcome. Like his party, uh, whether you agree with it or not, they're a party of Hindu nationalists. Yeah. Which, and um, I think he just, he his party lost some state elections recently over the new the new law that they're putting in place, or they're trying to put in place mm. about whether or not, um, or that allows Hindus, Christians, anybody who feels persecuted from neighboring countries to uh get sanctuary or refugee status but not muslims yeah so like there's just like there were major impacts that sort of flowed in and it's going to be affecting millions of people who voted at this election hundreds of millions hundreds of, of millions. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah um interesting note that i don't think we talked about in the episode is that there so i said there's 545 available seats mm-hmm. um there but they only vote for 543 oh, okay do you recall I'm doing trivia for Kaylee again, and she loves it. Her eyes <laughs> squint in anger every time. Do you recall the way in which these last two seats are allocated? No, it's not. It's not through voting. <laughs> I, yeah, I assume it, it's got a. It's like probably religious minority situation. It is. Yes, it's Anglo Indian minority, oh, which the <laughs> which the uh, president can appoint if mm-hmm. if they feel mm-hmm. they're not even always appointed if the president feels that Anglo-Indians are underrepresented in Parliament, <laughs> they can appoint two seats Okay, for Anglo-Indians. Eh, well, holdovers of colonialism. colonialism. <laughs> I feel like we've seen a lot. Like, we covered Hong Kong. Yeah. We've covered, like, a lot of these countries we've covered are really... Yeah, it was a big year for British <laughs> ex-colonial British powers. Yeah. 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 Hong Kong. Yeah. And now the UK. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The world Brexited. <laughs> Uh, you next. So anyway, Guatemala. Yeah. Uh, so Guatemala, I think it, it it's maybe to me it's like a it's our like underrated country that we covered. Like because okay. when we talked about it, it it's like the biggest country. It's the biggest country in Central America. It's okay. very much uh, like. I feel like you're trying to one up me here. I'm like. Indian election, biggest in history, the biggest thing okay. that's not being covered. You're like, I, I, oh, okay, well, 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 Guatemala. I think, I, Hello. I think pairing them together is a surprisingly good pairing. Oh, I what think, do you mean surprisingly good? Because I think Gua- because, oh, because India on. is obvious is obvious, but oh. Guatemala is a little less oh, obvious. Why it's, it's a the good sleeper pair. choice? Yeah, it's a, yeah. Well, like a fool like me could choose the <laughs> obvious. <laughs> well, but you know, I mean, look, but you're 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 almost there. You're almost caught up with uh, the Even level a I'm more on. More unlike you could find a country to cover. But uh, me, but but so, Guatemala. <laughs> Well, it's it's very it's uh, it's it situation is very complicated. It sits between you know the U.S. It gets a lot of migrants. Um, the the president that has been recently elected mm-hmm. um, is is going to have to deal with a constitutional crisis that has resulted from the U- Donald Trump's uh, presidency's uh, saying that uh, the previous. President of Guatemala agreed with Donald Trump to have any migrants who pass through Guatemala have to apply for refugee status there first, mm-hmm. which is, which the courts have said that can't happen, and it's incredibly unpopular amongst mm-hmm. the population of Guatemala. 
Um, but it, they are very much a player in the, U, like, the U.S. It's a country that you know that the U.S.'s, uh, like, foreign affairs has a lot of eyes on. Yeah. But nobody else is necessarily paying that much attention. So, back up here. Yeah. How does this... So, I feel like you, a couple years ago, talking to me, were talking about how refugees, they are supposed to... Mm-hmm apply for status in the first country that they set their feet on. Yeah. Um, yes, they are. So how does this interact with that? Because that's like a that's like an international agreed upon like treaty, right? Yeah. Something like that. I, it's there's a lot of it's complicated. Yeah, um, fair. This is a deep dive episode. Uh, yeah. I mean, it's a shallow episode. So, we could do a whole episode on refugees. Yeah. Well, I think so. There's something called safe third party, which is what mm-hmm. Canada has, right? So yeah. if anyone comes from the U.S., it comes into Canada from the U.S., we will probably send them back because we have agreed that the U.S. is a safe country. If you mm-hmm. can make an argument that Guatemala would not be safe for you to stay in, for me. and then... Yes, you are uh, an migrant. Okay, You're trying to yeah. get into the, uh, and you get to the U.S. and you say, "Well, it wouldn't, it wouldn't have been safe there." And I think that's a not a, it's not, not an unreasonable, unreasonable thing, to thing to say. Yeah. Um, and it's not necessary. It's a country that has a lot of challenges that they are trying to address. And so I think you could you could make an argument as a claimant that you should be given. Uh, status in the U.S. and not in Guatemala. Mm-hmm. Um, and effectively what the U.S. is trying to do is say, no, Guatemala is, is safe. You make your claim there and then you can come here. Mm-hmm. Um, and quite rightfully, the population of Guatemala is like, well, that's going to be a lot for us to have to handle. <laughs> um, and it, I mean, they're, they're, I'm sure that some of this is anti-immigrant sentiment that exists in Guatemala, but some of it is also that you, if they get to the U.S., they should they they can make their claim there as well. The U.S. is is certainly more capable of handling. Uh, they're handling it obviously horrible, um, and we haven't talked about the U.S. migrant crisis. But um, but that if you don't know about that, you should uh, pay attention to that as well. But um, I don't think that it would necessarily be better for them to be staying in Guatemala. <laughs> um, but anyway, the interesting thing is we covered this in June. Mm-hmm. Um, they had their second round of elections in August, I think, and the president is not actually in office yet. He's in office in January. Okay. It was a bit of a twist. If you remember when we listened to it, it was Sandra Torres, who was the former, uh, the wife of a former president, the ex-wife of a former president, um, ha- was in the lead, and then she did go on to win the first round, which is what we covered. Um, and then she uh, lost the second round to a guy who we didn't even really talk about mm-hmm. um, because he did not look to be um, like actually a real, a real candidate. And he's he run he ran like he's run like four or five times for president. He's never won. He's always running under a different party. Um, but uh, it was uh, Alejandro Gaiamati. <laughs> I don't know if I said that right. If anybody wants to check me on that, that's fine. Um, but and the other notable thing is uh, we we talked a lot about how almost every candidate involved had some sort of corruption scandal associated yes. with them. Um, he did, but he'd been cleared of it eventually, um, and so he's fine. But also, if you're running for president, any corruption charges can't be late. You have immunity until you're done. Um, so Sandra Torres, unfortunately, <laughs> Which is crazy. yeah, who unfortunately lost, is now um, 
facing charges for political corruption um, that she can no longer avoid because she's not she's lost the election. Um, he's pretty similar to her. She they they were both sort of running on very similar conservative sort of platforms, very family values focused. But their big uh, his big thing is going to be encouraging business and small to medium sized business. He says and um, and and cracking down on crime and corruption. And um, he's a former. He ran the uh, prison systems uh, for the uh, previous government. So he's sort of been really angling in on that but yeah a lot of it is about addressing real challenges of insecurity corruption and infrastructure that i think we can all see as being part of the reason why maybe they don't want uh everybody who is trying to get to the u.s to be stuck in in guatemala Mm. wow yeah guatemala wrap up Mm -hmm. still ongoing yeah well hopefully we're getting there (laughs) (laughs) okay so we're going to switch now to stories that we didn't cover that we probably should have. Mm-hmm. Do you want to go first with this? I don't want to. I don't. I don't. I don't mean to make you go back to back, full of Drake on us. So I can. I. I don't know that it's. I'm not going to go into great detail about the actual election. That's okay. Um, but I think one that we missed, and we. I think we've done. We did Nigeria maybe two or three years ago now. Probably. Um, um, and I remember countries, so yeah, we've, we've, yeah, we did it a little while ago. We have covered it before, so I think maybe maybe our listeners will forgive us for having missed it. Yeah, um, we didn't get to Africa very much this season. We did. Um, so I thought it would be appropriate to go back to the February election uh, of uh, re-election of Ni- Nigeria's uh, President Buhari. He and and I think it's very like this is an important country to watch. It's it's in twenty. 20- 45, it's predicted to surpass the U.S.'s population. It has one of the largest youth populations in the world. It's mm-hmm. booming. Um, it is also the economic powerhouse of Africa. It's the yes. biggest economy. Um, but it has a lot of fundamental challenges. There's widespread lack of electricity, uh, widespread un- unemployment. Like They're trying to create a situation where these young people can have um, jobs and it's a real opportunity where other countries uh, in the Western world, for sure, are having you know dips in their population's age. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, Nigeria has a real opportunity here, but there is a lot of unemployment. They've had to deal with Boko Haram um, and uh, Islamic extremists who have been kidnapping girls. But uh, and that's sort of Buhari, who was the president uh, and has now been reelected. Is argue has arguably dealt with that quite well, but that's sort of controversial about mm-hmm. whether he has. Um, and he is a he's a former military leader. He's he's widely thought to be like uncorruptible and very steady for the country. But also, he was sick for a very long time and had to prove that he wasn't using a body double for part of his his oh, wow. time as presidency. Um, but he did win, not as dramatically as before, but by fifty four percent. Okay. Um, and uh, he's going to have to deal with the changing, there's changing oil prices, which Nigeria is very dependent on for their economy and has been for a while. Um, and sort of very much dealing with a country that has yeah, very high unemployment, low uh, opportunity. A lot of the youth are wanting to leave. Um, so if they, there's, I think it's a country that sees a lot of opportunity, mm-hmm. uh, but also has a lot of challenges to getting there. Yeah, I think Nigeria kind of runs the gambit mm-hmm. of 
very poor rural areas mm-hmm. and also huge like mega cities yeah <laughs> of like high with like high tech sectors and millions of people in both um and yeah nigeria is a country that is rapidly um industrializing mm-hmm. as well yeah um, and so yeah we missed that yeah we missed that this yeah year. that's true as well like india is wildly like widely like tons of different languages spoken yeah. tons of different cultures um it yeah it's a hub and yeah we did we really we definitely missed it it was <laughs> it's another i think it it's it's our india like the world the north america seemed to miss india we missed nigeria yeah uh shout out to io from nigeria <laughs> <laughs> i feel like io represents nigeria very well okay grew up on a small farm mm-hmm. in rural nigeria now has a PhD. Oh, well, there you go. <laughs> he, he represents this like rapid industrialization of high tech sector. Also knows a lot about wild pigs. Oh, well, yeah. He has a ton of stories. So maybe we'll, maybe we'll have him on. The next time Nigeria has an election. Yeah, ton of stories about. Bring in the experts. Uh, ostriches. <laughs> all this crazy stuff. All, this, all these like crazy animals huh. that they, they like tried to raise. On his farm, as well. <laughs> all right, so where where in the world you're taking us to Europe again, right? Well, yeah, all of Europe. Yeah. So I'm not talking about an election of one country. No. We're talking about maybe the most boring possible election that can happen. <laughs> because what the heck do they yeah. even do? Yeah. Have you have you ever seen a European Union ballot? They're like huge. Yeah. They're really really long. They're enormous. Um. So there was a European election mm-hmm. uh, this fall. Mm-hmm. That uh, kind of coincided with Brexit that we were mm-hmm. talking about a little bit. Yeah. Um, and I think the European, the, like the EU election kind of, I mean, obviously represents Europe pretty well. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it's interesting because it shows a lot of what we're seeing over and over in like a bunch of different countries that we've covered mm-hmm. over the last four or five years since they've had a European election. Mm-hmm. And now... That they've had a European election. All of the things that we've seen in all these different countries all came to fruition in the European election. <laughs> yeah. Which is kind of interesting. Yeah, interesting. Um, and they kind of just like followed a lot of the stuff that we've been talking about. There was a huge um, loss of popularity in seats from center parties mm-hmm. and major gains made in the fringe. Yeah, interesting. So there was the European People's Party, which is kind of like the center right party that everybody thinks of like Europe. led by a guy named manfred weber from germany Mm -hmm. uh they won the most seats um but they still lost over 30 seats in a parliament that has about 700 seats Mm. so they did have 750 seats prior to again brexit but (laughs) the uk UK won't be there they're losing 45 seats or so so it's gonna be about 700 seats so 30 seats is not an insignificant amount of seats to lose in a 700 person uh, parliament they maintain power though Mm -hmm. Um, whereas the second place went to the progressive alliance of socialists and Democrats, which other people were, yeah, <laughs> Europe. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Uh, that makes sense. Um, led by, uh, Franz Timmermans, mm. um, who also lost heavily with over 30 seats lost. I think they lost 34 seats. Um, and then there were big gains for far right parties, pro EU parties, mm-hmm. as well as Euroskeptics. Mm-hmm. Um, so people, instead of talking about kind of the more traditional, political topics Mm -hmm. are talking more about topics of the eu yeah rather than 
the things that the EU should be dealing with. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think this is a classic problem. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and so also there were big gains made by environmentalist parties, mm-hmm. um, which, I mean, if we're talking about Europe and we're talking about things that we missed in 2019, Greta Thunberg. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, we did not talk about that, but I mean, she didn't what? really do any thing with elections. She talked to a lot of politicians, though. Yeah. Time person of the year. I think you're you're looting. I'm gonna. She'll come up. Oh, she'll come up. Whoa. Okay. Oh, yeah. Antonio. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Okay. 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 No okay, spoilers. Okay. 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 Sorry. 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 <laughs> <laughs> Don't bring up black holes or anything either, man. <laughs> uh, so there's uh, scandals though. Controversy. Oh. Controversy, as they might say. <laughs> <laughs> well, if they're British, well, the British are leaving. Yeah. I, I. I don't. Maybe other European accents might also call it a controversy. Maybe. Um. And so, as you may recall, the European People's Party won the most seats. Yeah, yeah. And I did say that they were led by Manfred Weber. Mm-hmm, yeah. And so then, who is the president of the European Union if there's a guy named Manfred Weber who leads the European People's Party? Oh, it's well, it's, yeah. But it's not him. No. They then elected, from his own party, mm-hmm. Ursula von der Leyen. Yes, also yeah. of Germany. Yeah. Also of that same party. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. He was expected to be the, the leading lead. candidate. To, yeah. to be president, but uh, instead of Weber, went with Ursula. Huh. Um, bit of controversy. Well, yeah. I mean, I don't know. I feel like I don't. I, but really, like, is it controversy light though? Like, I mean, yeah. Is anybody like, that mad? It's EU politics. Yeah. So everybody's just mad that there is a president at all. <laughs> Why do we even have this body? They should be doing more, but also less. <laughs> yeah, and they've got some. There's like big. Like, I don't, as Macron keeps saying, we've got big things on the docket. We want to get over Brexit and go do all these things. And, and they are. He's not wrong. There's a lot of, like, uh, a lot of decisions about what the EU is going to be and yeah. um, that they have to take on. But the EU, again, represents, like, 514 million people. Yeah. And we didn't talk about it. I'm sure they're going to, like, yeah. It's, it's, like, as much as, like, Brexit, like, the UK wants to get done with Brexit, I feel like... The EU is like, yeah, like we want to move on. We're heading for better things. Yeah. We want to find a new hot guy. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> you know what's crazy, though? Like, the EU election, there's debates, right? Mm-hmm. The majority of all these debates mm-hmm. are between Weber mm-hmm. and Timmermans. <laughs> it's okay. literally, like, and how many just... countries? Like, 27 countries yeah. or something in the EU? Yeah, yeah. With, like, over half a billion people. Mm-hmm. And the direction of the continent <laughs> is between these two. This guy from Germany and this guy from Netherlands, just <laughs> baton behind podiums in the middle of a stage alone. Yeah, I guess uh, it, it's like it, it's a bit insane, but yeah. also not entirely shocking. I guess that I mean, also that those two parties though mm, had yeah. lost a bunch of seats mm-hmm. and they're still dictating. But... Yeah. And it's like you watch this debate. You almost all of the debates didn't feature other parties. Only yeah. those two. And then people watch the debate and they're like, huh, neither. <laughs> like, but I guess like... How does so that they, happen? But like those far right parties, like, or some of them, they're very like Eurosceptics, right? Mm-hmm. It's like, well, they're not going to participate. It's like when the when when the UK was electing all like UKIP and these parties that just like, yeah. like, we should have left by now. And it's like, okay, now you're you're just taking up space for us to do anything <laughs> else. Yeah. Um, which I guess is your purpose, but... Uh, I feel like that's why I don't want to participate. I don't want to get elected <laughs> to politics. I think that sort of thing would just, you know, I'd want to run it, run into a wall. All right. 
right. Sorry, I already brought it up. Well, but like only lightly. Greta. Yeah. Yeah. But not in... So it's about Gutierrez. And you said, let's talk about the biggest thing that Gutierrez did this year. And I think that the interest, the interesting thing I stumbled on because... Gutierrez? Uh, yeah. <laughs> Gutierrez? Gutierrez? Gutierrez. Well, <laughs> okay, look, I'll get it. I have a lead up. I'm just going to get there. She's going to be in this. Sorry. Sorry, sorry, um, sorry, sorry. So, the, so we are heading into 2020. Um, maybe oh, you're yeah. listening to this in 2020. Probably. So I I'm think, not going to edit this. <laughs> so to, to, to find out, he said, find out what the biggest thing Gutierrez did this year was. And I Googled it. And there's like a whole, there's a whole, the UN has put together a whole list of the major incidences over the last 10 years. That's kind of That fun. the UN has been involved in. Some bad, some good, oh. uh, some in between. It's very interesting. Um, That's I, very I'll, UN of them. Yeah. They're all about reports. Yeah. <laughs> How many pages is it? Like... Uh, it's it's four parts. It's like a news uh, item that's in four long lists. It's always in there. Like, this is part one of this series yeah. of documents pertaining to these groups of this. Yeah. Yeah. But I was like scrolling through. I was like, I guess that did happen. Yeah. yeah, that only, was bad. Only oh, seven yeah. years ago. Oh, yeah. Anyway, so, but this, I think that uh, I, so I looked through the list and then I decided I'll pick what they pulled for 2019 to be Gutierrez's biggest thing. Okay. Um, and I think unsurprising because it comes up because it genuinely is his big thing. It's something that I, I'm interested in podcasts. I think Alex is sort of interested in. Um, but he... Wait, d- let me guess. Rising sea levels. No, no. Oh, what? Well, I mean, it's incorporated. Are you in just going to say climate change? Yeah, probably? it's... Cl- the, the, it, the UN title, titled it French Fresh Impetus in the Fight Against Climate Emergency. Um, and I think... Inarguably, that was a big deal because of people like Greta Thunberg. Why do we need fresh impetus? <laughs> well, because we sort of, I think, it, it, Paris was exciting, um, and then people stopped doing <laughs> the, uh, country sort of lost some momentum um, on on Paris, and that was uh, frustrating for many people. But this year, uh, as, as the article sort of points out, there was, he several UN bodies released, like the UN Environment Program, World Meteorological Organization, UN Climate Change Body, UNFCC, Intergovernmental Planet on, uh, Intergovernmental Planet on Climate Change, all released major reports that were in, in some cases very scary, but yeah. were very like dramatic and pointed to the, the global environmental catastrophe that is coming and we need to deal with and and then you have somebody like Greta Thunberg who is you know organizing climate strikes across the country and she met with Antonio Gutierrez she met with the Pope she met with she met with tons of world leaders who have really been pushing on this and some who have not so much been pushing on it to demand action mm-hmm. um and and organize huge climate marches so I think that a lot of the credit I think goes to her in in, in I think the level of awareness like i think i know specifically in the austrian election and the canadian election climate change became a central talking point in in yeah. elections we were ta- we covered um and uh, like if, for example the austrian election hasn't been able to form a coalition because they needed to get the greens to join them because yeah. everybody was so worried about climate change so we saw a lot of movement on that and and um and that was very much like that was I think a lot of Gutierrez's year was covered, was was dealing with that. Um, the climate action summit in September uh, was quite successful. There were 
uh, he and he demanded concrete action instead of beautiful speeches, um, which maybe in a beautiful speech, <laughs> a beautiful speech <laughs> perhaps, yeah. Um, and I think, and I think, uh, you know, we also saw many speeches from Greta Thunberg that I think will go down as being very impactful. Mm-hmm. Um, arguably, the climate conference. Uh, in December, earlier this month, was not as successful as many people would have liked. Uh, but a lot of, uh, to sort of re-up their Paris Climate Agreement, uh, commitments. But, uh, as this article points out, like, many major nations have sort of moved towards, uh, real financial pledges to help developing countries and commitments to fossil, move away from fossil fuels, uh, uh, the the EU has made major con- commitments for like 2050 to uh, cut down all their emissions. Um, 2,000 cities have committed to cli- uh, to placing climate risk at the center of their decision making. Um, so there's a lot of big things and a lot of big pushes. I think a few things that weren't just beautiful speeches. So hmm. highs and lows, but okay. Kind of a cop out, Gailey. Okay. Well, whatever. What do you? What did you? You're want? saying that you're saying you're trying to tell me. Yeah. That the biggest thing mm-hmm. that Antonio Gutierrez did this year. Yeah. Was climate change. Was addressing climate change. Addressing climate change. Yeah. He addressed pushing. it. He, I, he, he, like we. I remember talking about this earlier in the, I think maybe the last episode where we were saying like he he wasn't going to do very much about this thing cuz he wanted to be able to do something about climate change like if he mm. if he said too much here and i think you can see he made decisions to be able to like put countries you know feet to the coals and make them actually do something in climate change and sacrifice perhaps sacrificing other areas a little bit okay um, so i think you saw real commitments to sort of you know he wasn't he wasn't going to mince words on climate change where i think you sometimes see uh, secretary generals often have to sort of be very delicate, very political about how they're going to say something. He was he took some more risks on it. And I think he got more leeway because of people like Greta Thunberg. So what was his single, if you had to wrap up, <laughs> his singular action that was most that was most uh, demonstrative of demonstrative of <laughs> of this of this commitment to climate change. Um, I think it was the, the leadership at the Climate Action Summit and the the speech that he, that he gave where okay. he talked about people's speeches. Yeah. Okay. I don't mean to harp on this. Well, look, I... <laughs> <laughs> All right, tell us about fucking... Uh, <laughs> tell us about uh, your space news and how that's, uh, you know, changed the world for the better. Well, it's not about climate change. <laughs> for once. Yeah, okay. Um... I think, because we never talked about this, but I think it's like the biggest science story of mm-hmm. the year. Okay. By far. Mm-hmm. By far. Yeah. I'm hoping this will be exciting. You Oh, it's also it's also a huge thing. It's six and a half billion times the mass of the sun. Oh, wow. If you recall. Yeah. It's like the India of space news. It's like, yeah, yeah. You're like, oh, well, he gave a speech at a climate summit. I'm like, guess what, Kaylee? It's a billion and a half people and it's six and a half billion times the mass of the sun. And also, I mean, the mm-hmm. the uh, co- the collaboration to put this work together was thousands of people. Yeah. Well, you know, arguably so was mine. <laughs> 
Arguably. I, I Show did, me the list. I listed, the- I listed all those UN bodies. <laughs> at least major that's, studies. That's true. That's true. Okay. Yeah. Touche. All right. Touche. Uh, of course, I'm talking about the black hole photo. Mm. Sure. Do you remember the black hole photo? Yeah. Uh, I remember being like, I guess. You guess. <laughs> well, you've taken the same the same approach to the black hole photo as Unfortunately, most people have taken to climate change. <laughs> uh, I mean, it's hard to follow up on Tony Gutierrez doing great work on climate change. Um, okay. And inspirational stories like Greta, who's Time per- Time's Person of the yeah. Year. Did she take the picture of the black hole? No, she didn't. But well, there it was... was... A, it was a woman, right? Or there was some... There was a woman who was part of the team. Oh, okay. Well, um, congratulations. Who, like, did her PhD on the thing. Nice. Like very great scientists, mm-hmm. but there was a it was a huge team. So yeah, the yeah, the yeah. the media did kind of like, I mean they have to have like a scientist that represents everything, mm-hmm. and so they kind of championed this one PhD student uh, who I think is a postdoctoral fellow now. Yeah, um, yeah, and there was there was a lot there were a lot of people who were mad about that, and they were like, oh, she's taken she didn't do it, and she's like, I didn't say I did. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, um, but yeah, I mean, but no, she did great work. Mm-hmm. Taking a picture of a black hole that's 55 million light years away. So it's not like an eminent, uh, I'm not, I don't have to worry about it. But it's cool that we took a picture. Yeah. You don't have to, I get, you don't have to worry about this one. Yeah. But the one at the center of the Milky Way. Maybe you should worry about that one. Is Actually, there I think one we at talked the center to... of the, oh, yeah, okay, yeah, I remember Yeah, I think we did talk yeah, about yeah, it. Yeah. And, uh, I said I was getting more active or something in one episode. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, you don't have to worry about that one. You're always worried. It's, it, what is this doom and gloom that comes along with every, every bit of space? You're like, should I worry that the worms are going to eat me? Should I worry that the bugs are going to fly in my eyes? Should I worry about the black hole? Well, I think with space news, we've really tapped into one of my deep fears. I think we're like, like this podcast is like 50-50. Like you, I feel like, like yeah, I'll go to space. And I'm like, no, I'll never go to space. <laughs> but what about the rising sea levels? We'll have to. Uh, look, I'll drown. <laughs> it's fine. It it seems it seems more knowable. Well, anyway, this photo was yeah like three or four years in the making of data processing mm-hmm. and taking all the photos and everything. Mm-hmm. That was really cool. Yeah, uh, I get it was way better than I, I think a lot of people were expecting as well. People were like, "Hey, don't get too excited. It's yeah. just going to be like mm, a little oh, blip." Dip. Yeah, but then you actually got to see like a black circle with like a cool ring around, wow. right? Which is this is like the first ever evidence that black holes really exist. Like yeah, the, it's like theorized, but evidence. Uh, okay. So it was it was a huge collaboration. It was yeah. it's won you know awards at the end of this year now being like the biggest thing, mm-hmm. not only because it's a enormous, super massive black hole, um, also showed that black holes spin as well, mm. which is cool because like the, the picture showed that yeah. they spin. Remember what the picture looks like? Sure. Here, well, look, we have com- this won't come across well in an audio format, but uh, <laughs> uh, black hole picture. See, um, there it is. Okay. Oh, yeah, See? it does look like it's spinning for the listener. This, <laughs> it does look like it's, it's got little motion lines around it. <laughs> An arrow pointing. See, he's been no I'm kidding. Yeah. Um, but yeah. So, do you think uh, you know how like uh, they take pictures of like animals to make them seem cuter and like so we we care about polar bears, so we tried to save them. Is this going to endear oh. endear the world to black holes and I be think less it scared? Will. No, well, I don't. <laughs> Should not, we be scared? I'm not sure that anybody is really that scared okay, about black well. holes. Um, 
I think maybe this type of research might get... Uh, anytime that you can have a picture of something and mm-hmm. show somebody, I think this will endear people to black hole That's, research. Yeah. I think there's a lot of young people out there that see Katie Bowman, who was the girl that we were talking about earlier. Yeah, yeah. Um, the PhD student. Uh, they see her mm-hmm. and this cool picture of this black hole. Yeah. And they're like, oh, I could do that. I'll go try. And yeah. then they realize that it's actually really, really, really hard and they don't <laughs> want to do it anymore. <laughs> yeah. It does, it, it does seem like... Initially, this seems like something that should, uh, I I don't initially think it's hard, but then I I realize that it definitely is. It's very hard. It yeah, seems very far away. First yeah, of all. yeah, that's why. Yeah. yeah, I guess it it seems like you should. It's like oh, well, you just point your telescope at it and you look through and you see if you look hard enough. But I think this whole thing is actually made up of like nine pixels or something. Wow, it's crazy. Yeah, and like they like took a bunch of them. And then, like, put it all together. Put them together, too. Yeah. Get the better. All right. Interesting. Anyway, that was, like, pretty much the top story in science mm. in the last year. Are, you th- are they setting up a colony on uh, on the moon? Are they? I think NASA. Maybe. Oh, um, they're going back to the moon, allegedly. Yeah. By but, 2030. Uh, um, but okay. we've been going back to the moon for, like, many decades now since we last did it. All right. Well, I guess we'll... We'll talk about that in our 2029 update. <laughs> yeah, in our 2029 update of our uh, lunar colony. Um, but I think that covers all of our stuff we're going to talk about for the 2019 year in review. Yeah, but it's been a big year. Yeah, big we year had for probably politics. Yeah, three elections, or not three elections, what? three interviews. <laughs> three interviews. Yeah, talking to people about climate change, local politicians, uh, new MPs, <laughs> historically elected MPs. Uh, that was really cool. Yeah. If you are, uh, MP or... <laughs> if you are a historically elected MP, MP. Or a historically elected MP, we'd love to talk to you. Uh, or anybody, really. Yeah. Most people will talk to them. So, uh, if you have specific things that you want to learn about next year, mm-hmm. we did a bunch of explainers this year, of course. Um, we did explainers on Brexit, again, yeah. uh, revisited on uh, consensus government. Mm-hmm. We talked about the United Nations. We talked about what prime ministers do. We talked about the the history and um, functions of political parties. Mm-hmm. Uh, we added those to our list of explainers that previously covered democracy and uh, different voting systems and stuff. Uh, so we kind of got more applied. So we've got more explainers coming next year. Mm-hmm. So if you have something specific that you want to see. Yeah. Reach out. Let us know. Head to our website, probpolitics.wixsite.com slash podcast. There's a little suggestion box that you can fill out. Tweet at us yeah. at probpolitics on Twitter. And if there's a country whose election you feel we are about to miss. Yeah. You know, let us know. Maybe we'll cover it. Please let us know. Because we're always up for uh, new elections to cover. It's our whole thing. Yeah. It's the kit and caboodle. Okay. Thanks for listening to Probably About Politics. We love you. <laughs> yes. I'm... Um, we do. Kaylee has a hard time saying that. <laughs> <laughs> Things to work on in 2020. 2020. <laughs> Thanks for listening to Provo Politics. Don't forget to rate and review. See you next year. See you next decade. See you next year, Alex. <laughs> yeah, we're recording at midnight on December 31st. <laughs> Bye.